Hey there, Chan boys and Chan girls. Uh, welcome back for another installment of Chansplaining. Uh, today is our third installment of the uh, Rush Hour uh, Rush Hour Month uh, Rush Hour series. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Rush Hour 2, uh, which is a fun movie that uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, doesn't really matter before or after you listen to the podcast, but certainly give it a give it a watch. Um, like us on SoundCloud, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, rate and review us on iTunes, and get ready for a fun show. Chance Planning is the Jackie Shoe Podcast. Shower 2 starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, Chuck Ratner. You know, I can't keep my voice that yeah, high. No, if you're listening to Chansplaining, <laughs> the Jackie Chan podcast, if you haven't turned it off after that terrible showing by me. We'll um, fix the I'm, levels. We'll fix it. No, make it worse. <laughs> okay. Make them worse. Somebody uh, was listening to our podcast <laughs> and they said that the episodes that Jordan mixes... Uh, he makes himself the lowest person on the <laughs> on the mix, really? which I think says something about yourself, Jordan. Wait, wait, I don't, I don't edit myself to make it lower. That's what they're saying. You subconsciously make Sonny and I the uh, mano y mano number one. You might you... just have a quieter mic. I don't know. That seems weird. Wait. All right. Wait. Somebody is. Somebody is. Is, is calling like, you out, Jordan. They're calling me out and saying that I have uh, some sort of thing where I... They're calling you a mic cuck, yeah. is what they're calling you. <laughs> <laughs> they're saying you're getting off on Sonny and I, getting the adulation and the oh, sweet God, decibels. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, no. like, a nice thing, like, where somebody was saying, like, oh, the episode that Jordan cuts are good. And they sound really nice. Not that yeah. I'm secretly being nefarious. Sure. No, I don't think they're saying your episodes sound bad. I personally think that your edited episodes are good because you take good care. And you also put the stars to the front. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get yours. Uh, like I said, I am Matt uh, straight from uh, California Rush Hour. Really? Even though there's less so because it's Rush Hashanah. Happy New Year, Jordan. Rush Hashanah Hour. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Sonny, whenever Thanks. your Jewish New Year is. It's in February. In February. <laughs> and I'm here with uh, Jordan, as I've been saying his name a bunch. Yeah, that's me. I'm here. And newly converted Jew, Sonny Chang. Hello. <laughs> Man. Uh, so it's week three now in Rush Hour Month. Yeah. Um, I've watched each of the Rush Hour movies <laughs> at minimum three times. In life or in in this month? Uh, in the last five days, I watched Rush Hour 2 twice, listened to half the commentary, Jeez. all of the vignettes, and then I watched Rush Hour 3 three times, two times in a row, even. Oh, wow. Like, as soon as it ended, I put it back on because I needed to go to bed, so I decided so to fall asleep to, sleep to it. <laughs> how many, how many hours a week do you sleep? Oh, that's a good question. This is a segment on our podcast called How You Sleepin'. 
Um, me, I wake up at 7.25, even though I do snooze a bit, and I probably go to bed around 10.30 to 11. So mm-hmm. 8 times 5, I'm going to around that, 40 hours. Yeah, 40 hours, same as, my, uh, same as you work. I just, yeah, I oh, just, plus weekends. I just don't understand how you have so much time to watch so many movies. I mean... Well, what do you do? Yeah, what do you I do s- after work? What do you have to do, I cook, do after work? I cook, I cook too. And I clean. Okay. Ray does the cleaning. I do the cooking. Uh, I, I, it, it changes. But often, I do the cleaning of the dishes and the cooking, and then Raven does the cleaning of like the bathroom and the clothes and stuff. So oh. it works out for me. We... We don't have like a uh, a set schedule for doing bathroom cleans or laundry. It's more that, that's ad hoc. Yeah, pretty much. That still doesn't account for f- four to five hours of your night. I've had this con- Sonny, I've had this conversation with other people too, where I'm talking about shit, and they're just like, "How do you have time to watch Atlanta? Well, How like, could you possibly yeah, watch still, Atlanta?" I people, like go out and stuff on a weekday, like crazy, insane people. Yeah, I get home at fucking 5.30. I'm either doing the podcast with you, or I'm watching, like, Atlanta. Snow Bluffs. Or Atlanta. <laughs> the Snowman. The, I, watch, I did watch The Snowman. On HBO. I have so much time. I could, yeah. It's on HBO Go. Um, but we're not talking about The Snowman. Rush we're Hour 2. We're talking about The Chan Man. Joe's. Rush Hour 2. I'm mad they didn't try to shoehorn in, like, another Rush Hour line. They Because at the very least... They could have done that. Oh, you mean like they could have said rush hour? Yeah. Well, there was no one was ever in cars. Sorry, I'm cracking there up. Were, in the new there were a lot of cars around. <laughs> but no one was ever really in one except that one scene where Chris Tucker is talking to a taxi guy. No. And taxi then, driver? And then there was a scene where they were naked. That could have been like a good point for it where they were like, uh, get, us, get out of this car. You're naked. And then they'd be like, Oh no, but it's rush hour. <laughs> Chris Tucker goes, I'm butt ass naked, I can't get out of the car. <laughs> have you guys um have, have we talked said yeah. somebody would have said Is there a problem? So oh somebody would have said <laughs> No, like, it looking doesn't at need the to naked be the guys. Whole, it doesn't need to be the whole thing. Oh, I think it would have been good <laughs> if he'd been like, Oh, is there a problem? And pointing over to them sure. and the other guy's like it's, like, it's rush hour. No problem, it's rush hour. Okay. Yeah. You you're saying it like it's Chinatown, like the end of the movie Chinatown, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, sorry, Jake, it's Chinatown. Yeah, exactly. That would have oh, been man. funny. But the movie's not called Rush Hour. Yeah. It's Rush Hour 2. It's Rush Hour Maybe two. if somebody said, man, I hate Rush Hour, and someone goes, I hate Rush Hour <laughs> 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, missed opportunity. Yeah. Can, um, I can't wait till we watch Premium Rush next week. <laughs> Instead of Rush Hour 3. I think um, I like that movie. It's okay. It's, it was at the... Is, is Gordon Levitt done? Yeah, I, I think, think he's he doing his, acting? like... His uh, CD Project Red button. No, that's so the video game company. Uh, a hit record. <laughs> oh, yeah, that silly... Yeah. That silliness. Yeah, he's... Uh, Wait, I, I thought don't he, see a, a I thought he famously him. quit acting. I don't think it was very famous. No, he like went. He made a like a a post or something on the internet. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I might have missed it. Your brother seems like he would love Joseph Gordon-Levitt That's for some true. reason, Jordan. Doesn't it? I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I I'm a personally a fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, 
or I, I used to yeah, be I think it's fine. during a, a certain time of life of mine. He he was filling a role in movies. And you talking like a okay. five hundred days of Sumner? Yeah, like that and like fifty oh, I fifty. See. Like he, he was I a like very 50, 50. Yeah, jumper, looper. I've never seen fifty fifty. It's always uh for some reason I'm just like I'm not it's not even that I'm not in the mood. It's just one of those movies I think I will like, and I'll just never want. To, I'll just never yeah. watch it. Yeah, yeah. it was a, all right. It's heavy, but I like it a lot. It's a fake movie. They're not heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake. Just remind yourself it's fake if you ever feel anything about any art. Yeah. <laughs> know that you're a fool and you're being manipulated. Can I can I make a redaction from a previous podcast of episode of ours that I was listening to? Yeah, sure. a retraction. Please do. Re- retraction. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. So you redact I, things on paper. Yeah. <laughs> in in the episode where we were talking about, um, it's like an addendum redaction retraction. Um, so I, I it's rejection. Remember what podcast ooh, you're on? Yeah, rejection. Rejection. Yeah, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, great. What is it? Yeah. Um, so it. we we had been talking about the stars that Hollywood produced to be martial artist. And I had said that I believe that Steven Seagal... Oh, yeah, trained... you're, such a, you're fucking so wrong. But I was wrong, but that was him <laughs> lying about it. But I realized who I was actually thinking about. Training... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, um, Chuck Norris. Yes, he um, did. Okay. Chuck Norris famously trained under Bruce Lee. Yes. And Chuck Norris was a huge... He was probably bigger than steven seagal as like a martial arts do you like, think so movie hero yeah. god remember how shitty the internet was when chuck norris memes were a oh, thing so oh annoying. it makes me so angry i'm so <laughs> mad now <laughs> it's all because conan did that thing with like the chuck norris um lever if you guys remember it is that pre uh is that pre chuck norris um jokes jokes or is that pre chuck norris um what oh being in um in uh, uh dodgeball it was pre that i'm pretty sure yeah so he had already built up a like a history of being this mythical figure maybe i guess i don't uh, know walker texas ranger yeah was he on nash bridges also i have no clue honestly i don't know it's all usa it's all yeah, on usa all channel true. That's where all the um, characters are. Um, yeah. Let's just get into this, guys. Yeah. Ten minutes. We had our giggles. We all we all laughed at the Rush Hour 2 joke I made. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Rush Hour 2. Um, there's not, Jackie doesn't have anything written in his book about this because it mm-hmm. uh, happened in the future. Even though he does say to expect a Rush Hour 2 coming out. Um... We've heard other mentions, but this movie made an incredible amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, $170 million, right? Uh, $172? $100? No. Oh, you mean I think it's much more... Domestically? I think domestically it made way more than that, dude. Because I know internationally it made like three fifty. Yeah, that's Whoa. what I was thinking. I think it was like two sixteen, um, in uh domestically. Yeah. Domestic was two twenty six. Wow, that's crazy. Foreign was one twenty one. Um, on Box Office Mojo, this is listed as the number two buddy comedy, grossing comedy of all time, number one martial arts movie of all time, 
This is fun. I don't know if we played this. Number four comedy sequel of all time. Oh. Whoa. That's what are... Specific. Does anyone want to guess? This is a surprising list. The Hangover 2. Hangover 2 is number three. Yay. Uh, Actually, a, it's not that weird. Give me a hint. Austin Powers want, 2. Austin Powers 2 is number five, The Spy Who Shagged Me. That is, I think, a no, superior movie. I thought that was the first one. That's the International Man of Mystery. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, Men in Black 2? That's number seven. They make it look good. Again. That should have been a fucking tagline. Damn. We make it look good again. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to count down. Ten is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, I love when he's lost in New okay. York. Number nine, Night at the Museum, Lost in New York. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Battle of the Smithsonian. Uh, I actually Eight. like that one. That one's. I haven't. I think that was the Amy Adams I've one. never. I've never really watched either, like any of them, really, because they seem very childish. Sonny, do you have kids too that I don't know about? That's why you're watching this movie. You got three daughters. I just. I watch every Amy Adams movie. She's. She's a good. She's good. Yeah. I like her a lot. Give her an um, Oscar. She'll get hers eventually. Uh, eight is pi- eight is Pitch Perfect two. Okay. Oh, okay. Seven yeah, is cool. We Make This Look Good Men in Black two. Oh. Six is one of my favorite comedies ever. Twenty two Jump Street. I think oh that's, yeah. That's, that's almost okay. Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged, Rush Hour two, Hangover Part two, number two, a movie that I think we've all seen with Jordan in the theaters. Meet the Fockers. Oh, that movie. Oh wow. <laughs> I, I do. Like so. I know I saw it, but I don't remember anything. I That's think you saw it with yeah, Jordan, and then I know I saw it with him the second time because he didn't really want to see it the second time. With I, me. I definitely see. I almost positive I saw it with Sonny in the theaters, um, because I remember a specific line in that movie being very, very uncool. Racially charged. <laughs> very racially charged. Robert. I remember the line because you told it to me, and then you said, "I can't wait to call Sonny this." No, oh, I did not. <laughs> that never happened. You're a liar. Wait, was what was it? Is it like bad enough that you just can't say? <laughs> Jordan, you say it all the time. Just say I it don't say it all the time. I'm is not it the c word? The is it the c word? It's not happening. It is. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, I can can I say can I say what the line is, I guess? It's you, not like you can say what the line is. It's yeah. like obviously right. not that, but it's like he's talking about like his um his chain oh, of I influence. See. Okay. And then Jordan and he says, know, a, he says a oh, racial I a thought racial it would term. be See, I've I've heard people do it when they refer to like armor before, and I like balk, but I'm like, oh, that's not a thing. Uh I think it's it's the same uh noun right now it is it's the same now but i'm like i don't like yeah it's not a thing that i like should be offended by yeah (laughs) that phrase um so number one movie that jordan's favorite movie of all time (laughs) big mama house too he can't get enough of (laughs) nutty professor it's every what's what is a movie that Sonny, I want you to answer this question on behalf of me. We're we're 15 minutes of this podcast. We have not talked about it. What is a movie that Jordan probably loves that is a comedy that I hate that he loves? Oh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? No, I like that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find that movie actually kind of fun. That's a sequel? That's a comedy? 
that he loves. I don't even know if he loves God, it. I just I bet know. he loves this movie. It's everyone's favorite Merc with a Mouth. Oh, no. Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah. No, Seriously. I didn't really enjoy that too much. I thought it was okay. Wow. How many times did you see it in theaters? Just once. Just the free one that I got with MoviePass. Oh, okay, rest in peace. <laughs> I have Cinemia now. Oh, that's... I would not call Deadpool 2 Yeah, that's what I was saying. I wouldn't comedy. call it a comedy. He's a merc with a mouth. You don't. Does he? I haven't seen either of the movies. Does he kill people with his mouth, or does he tell jokes? He tells jokes. Then it's think... a calm. <laughs> it's calm. I I think that's unfair to all the movies on the rest of the list. I would mean, you sure. rather meet the Falkers be the highest grossing? That's outrageous. I guess I kind of would. I I don't trust the figures this. on this website. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. It's the oh wow. So Meet the Foggers did it with, like, it had legs. It opened to 46, and it just, like, had the the family demographic, I guess. I mean, it had me. Go- I, I saw it. I think I saw that movie sixth week it's in theaters with Jordan. Like, Jordan said, <laughs> we're probably, how old, when did this come out? Meet the Foggers came like out 2004. 2006? Oh, 2004. 2004. So we're, it's. December of 2004 it came out so I probably saw this early 05 freshman in high school you saw it five weeks prior and I'm like I really want to see this movie again and you go eh, I don't really want to and you made me pay for your ticket if you wanted me to go see it and I did I remember because I just wanted to leave my house um, okay Rush Hour 2 pre 9-11 which is where we're recording today yeah. Um, post. Well, post. We're recording post 9/11. We've been stocking these for 17 years. <laughs> Wait, this movie came out before 9/11. Yes, July. Yeah. Oh, like a wow. few months. Summer movie, baby. Oh. You... I knew I watched this movie at camp with you. We 100% yeah. saw this movie in in TNT. As campers, me... Teens on Tour, yes. What? Teens on Tour. Teens on Tour, yes. No, Top Notch Teens. That's what it was called? Yeah. I thought it was called Teens on Tour. No. (laughs) That wasn't a thing. What's the... Oh. Are those like Teens and Tour? Teens and Tour. Teens and Tour. (laughs) Well, now that I know that I've been living a lie, I suppose I can kill myself. (laughs) Um... No, but we Rush Hour 2 follows three years after Rush Hour 1. There's a time jump, which mm-hmm. is cool. It doesn't immediately follow after. Um, I, when I saw it, I guess let's just talk about this movie when it came out. When I saw it, I thought it was really funny. I was really excited for Rush Hour 3. And then Rush Hour 3 took forever, and I didn't see it until last week. Mm. Um, I think it's a really good movie, <laughs> personally. Rush Hour 3? Are you talking about Rush Hour 3? I'm talking both, baby. Yeah. I'm talking about this is the grand trilogy. Um, Rush Hour Two had three times the budget as the first one. I think a lot of it. it. Yeah, a lot of it looks like it went to production design. You you watch? Did you watch the um? You watch the director commentary, right, Sonny? Mm -hmm. Ratner talks about how difficult it is to shoot in Hong Kong. Yeah. Like that must take so much money to to handle all those things well like especially since a lot of those things seems like they can't be handled with money just like the sheer number of people there are in hong kong yeah like you can't get them out of your shot so you just gotta deal with it sorry <laughs> dp and grip there's a lot of 
onlookers walking around. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about this movie. Should we just start talking about yeah, it? Yeah, let's start talking about it. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. Oh, before I we do, have you guys noticed how many fucking times Chris Tucker says the word man? He Probably does say a man lot. a lot. Yeah. He says man constantly. The dude I was watching this movie with brought it up to me, and he said, and I quote, might not be correct that he thinks that chris tucker says man in replace of times where he might otherwise be saying the n-word yeah you know what that that kind of tracks <laughs> it's his like and, ad-lib his like hip-hop ad-lib yeah it's like when i am singing a rap song in karaoke and i say jordans instead of the n-word <laughs> which i famously do do during karaoke it is true jordan you've it's been true. there for I've, it i've noted i've seen it at least on one occasion <laughs> yeah yeah to gin and juice <laughs> yes um but no this movie starts uh three years after the first one with a bombing in hong kong at what appears to be was it the u.s embassy yes mm-hmm. yes wait so i have a question what's are, up are we supposed to what's up that it's the same vacation or it's a different vacation it's a diffo vacation okay i wasn't wait, sure i don't think was... that's true I'm, Brett Ratner said it was a different one in the commentary. But I think that's after the fact he's, like, making it, like, seem more re- reasonable. Why is he just, like, start of the movie on vacation? I don't vacation? remember that at all. Because it in says the on st- Wikipedia it, the plot four days after the events of Rush Hour. What? But that's not what Brett Ratner says. I don't remember him saying that. He said that right at the beginning? He says that... They wanted to show them getting off the plane. Right. But then they said that they look different. They were they like look older and Chris Tucker's starting to get fat. Yeah. And that they're like maybe it's their third trip to Hong Kong. Also, aren't they going to New York at the end of the first one? No, they're going to Jackie New York Ch- at the end of this one. Yeah. At the end of the first oh. one they're like he's he they're on a plane and right. he's like using his like He's speaking Chinese to the yeah. stewardess. Yeah. Yeah, Rush Hour 3 does not take place in New York, by the way. <laughs> well, I think that was, like, the whole... I think they probably put it in New York, and they were like, oh, New York seems like a cool place to do, and then they realized, you know what? Maybe, if not for 9-11, the third one would have been in New York. Oh, man. Yeah, the, so the third that one That fucking is... sucks. 9-11 gets worse every day <laughs> for me. But that, that could be why it took so long between the making of the two of them, because it's they set probably. it up to take place in, to, in New York right after. They had that, I guess, maybe. Didn't we talk about that in an episode, the stunt where Jackie Chan was going to be, like, doing something? Spider-Man in... was supposed to be doing something. There were, I, I think it was anything. early in the podcast we talked, Jackie had a movie where he was going to be on one of the Twin Towers... And, like, it was supposed to be shooting at the time of 9-11 when it happened. I think that's vaguely familiar. We talked... It was very early in the podcast we were talking about it, I think. Um, But, no, there's a bombing at the U.S. Embassy in Hong Kong by... What do we even call this woman? The Um, Dragon Lady? Isn't she called something like that? uh, Definitely not that. No. Um, I mean, her name is Hu Lee. I think they just call her Lee. Other other Lee. <laughs> oh okay. Oh no, that's in the third movie. Is what that woman is called. Yeah, yeah. yeah See, yeah. I'm conflating them because I've watched so many of them back to back. Things are all just. I'm just got all this rush hour shit on the that, brain, and I can't place it. That happened but, oh. to me in the 
previous episodes, I've said that I've never really watched Rush Hour 3. And mm-hmm. I realized watching Rush Hour 2 that I have seen Rush Hour 3. <laughs> because I was like, I was like, oh, when's this going to happen? I was like, yeah. oh, that's Rush Hour 3. <laughs> yeah. And in doing so, you realize that you've never told your father that you loved him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I realized that watching Rush Hour 2. Yeah. Um, so... Big explosion happens. Apparently, like, it was very difficult to shoot, if I remember the commentary saying yeah. so. Because they had to like set up the... They had to build a facade for the embassy on a police station. Yeah. Um, and then they basically constructed that building. Because it's like an, an exterior shot in broad daylight, which is like crazy for an explosion yeah. to do. That's really tough, yeah. Um, but then we cut were... to... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, do you think it was easier in that respect to film in Hong Kong. Do you think it's easier to get something like that? Because I don't think you could ever get that done in anywhere in America for the most part. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I don't know what the logistics of that look like. But the interiors were filmed in L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jordan. And then, How about that? So according to the commentary, Brett Ratner, like, his favorite kung fu movie is Enter the Dragon, so he wanted to have the opening shots like mirror what was going on in that movie in hong kong yeah it's very uninspired uh shots to like those opening things i i i would never have yeah i like i don't care about the first like two minutes of this movie yeah personally he kind of sucks ass for ratner how does he come across in the he came across less douchey in this commentary than in the first one i think because he had someone to talk against he was talking to the guy who's listed as the credited writer of rush hour yeah which makes me happy that he's saying i really didn't write this movie someone else did and i got paid big for it yeah (laughs) i got that union box (laughs) um but we cut to jackie and CT. I guess we should start calling them by their names, yeah. right? Like Lee and Carter. Carter. Uh, uh, they're singing. Singing Beach Boys. They are. They're, they are in the car. And uh, Chris Tucker uh, uh, tries to uh, sort of catcall, flirt with two people in a car. And he keeps on saying throughout this movie he's, he's talking from a translator book. And mm-hmm. like a, uh, and yeah. he keeps he keeps on saying like things that are wildly incorrect. Yeah, right. yeah. He's like immediately racist. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> he said something about what did he do? He wanted he says, to sacrifice a goat and get naked or something. Yes. And then he says, "Let's go get some sushi." Yeah. <laughs> Different country. No, he said. D- wait, doesn't he say mushu? No, that's later. That's to Jackie. Mushu. Mushu comes up a lot, right. but he says sushi. But Mushu is culturally correct. I guess, so I, kudos to wait, him. Wait, is yeah. that a thing? What do you mean? Is that like a term? Yeah, it's I like a... I thought he was just speaking nonsense. No, it's like a type of um, cooking. Like Mushu pork. Yeah, like Mushu pork. No, yeah. Oh, I Jordan mean... was asking if it was slang for getting some. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's completely... That's racist. Oh, okay, that's, no, that's okay. racist. I thought that's what you were saying as like actually being... <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Now I know what you're saying. Okay, now I get what you're saying. I don't know sushi, which is completely wrong country. Okay, now I get it. I wish I knew Chinese better because I don't know if the language has many double entendres for sex. 
You think? No, I don't. I don't know any. You think? Name them all, Sonny. What? What'd you say, Jared? You think it would just be missing? Like, there's no double entendre. Why wouldn't there be double entendres? Well, like, I don't know what they would like. Would what be they like. are? Yeah. Okay. Like the sense of humor, essentially. Right. Beyond something like this, yeah. Um, do we get the line where Jackie Chan calls back immediately to the first movie when he says, "Never touch a Chinese man's CD"? Radio? Yeah, CD. He, says, he specifically says CD, not radio. He says CD. Not yeah. a problem anymore. I don't think that happens the whole time. Yeah. But um, be- because of that, I decide. I, I saw that and went, oh, I kind of know the type of movie I'm going to watch right now. Yeah. Yeah. Be- because they're, they're go- they instantly are calling back to everything that was good about the first movie right. in case you forgot <laughs> that you liked the first movie. Yeah. And well, then the commentary. Yeah. Go ahead, Jared. Oh, no, no. You, you go. The, the commentary talks about how, like, he wants to sort of mirror the performances of Jackie and Chris and have Jackie be sort of looser in this movie and have Chris do more like physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he references a scene in the movie and just casually d- drops the N-word in, in this official Blu-ray commentary. Wait, he does? Wait, yes. I missed that. Oh, I was I was man. watching on 1.5. Brent Ratner says the N-word yes. on... But wait, what is the Whoa. context? What is he's the rest talking of the about, sentence? He's talking about the scene where Jackie says, what's up, my... in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's just my talking... Jordan. Like, how how Jackie is a, a fish out of water in that, in that scene, and now yeah. uh, Chris is in that situation. So we kind of, like, flip the roles. Uh, not a good enough reason to bring that word Wait, out. <laughs> what he could have he could have talked about any other situation. Yes. Yeah, there's a million. There's a million. That whole movie is about Jackie. Guys, Candy he's riding high. He's the he's the king of the blockbuster. He can say whatever he wants, and we all just have to deal with it. Oh my god, yeah, that's insane. Bad. I I can't believe I missed that. Man, maybe they took it out of my Blu-ray, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have Brett Rat. I mean, he doesn't need to be blackmailed at this point. I think he's pretty. <laughs> he's toast. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty. Bad. What could we get out of him at this point? I don't know. Maybe some of that red money. I I wrote to the <laughs> AV Club saying that uh, like about our podcast once like twenty or thirty weeks ago. Yeah. Now I'll say, hey, you guys didn't want us. We have we dirt have- <laughs> about. A director that you guys don't like yeah. who did who possibly rape who probably <laughs> raped a person. So if you want more to hate him, you said this. Um, and, and we could also uh, come up with a theory about the way Jeremy Piven acts in this movie. And, oh my god! And kind of uh, it it mirrors like the way he's acting as this overly like flirtatious uh, guy and being very inappropriate to Chris Tucker. It, it mirrors the way that he acts as a as a predator of the his Brett own. The Brett Ratner does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Jeremy Piven. I don't know who you're saying. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. I thought Jeremy Piven was cleared. I thought Jeremy Piven wasn't cleared. I haven't I... been watching the news. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I He was one of like the the ones that flew under the radar for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, let's all let's all take a piv break and see what happens. <laughs> um, I I will say this that like Jeremy Piven probably is a piece of shit just because he is a uh, person in Hollywood that I'm sure has done bad things, even yeah. if whatever it is. 
I think he is very, very talented, and I think he is very, very funny in this movie. <laughs> That's, like, one of my favorite roles in any movie is the uh, unbearably flamboyant fashion designer. Yeah. Because it springs up, and it's always the same type of, like, white guy playing that role. Right. It, it, it's very it's either, stereotypical. Yeah, like, it's amazing in Beverly Hills Cop. Or is it 48 Hours? I don't remember which one it is. I've never seen either of them. It's amazing in Beverly Hills Cop. It's <laughs> super funny in I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Because it's Dave Matthews doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band. And then it's really funny in the uh, in the SNL sketch, I remember, that Will Ferrell, where they're all in there. Uh, Whatever. I, this yeah, is I a mean, different like, podcast. I think there's probably an interesting way to do that ironically now but i think since brett renner is incapable of doing nuance this is like he he is only capable of seeing characters in massive caricatures well it it kind of maybe the thing is that we have two movies where jackie chan has a either of an overly and unwelcomingly uh unwelcomely unwelcome unwelcomed uh, advances by a gay character on Chris Tucker, and then yeah. we have Wait, another. What was the first one? In um the tuxedo, where Jackie Chan is oh. like verbally abused by a right. gay uh. character at the. Oh right, he's yes. in that too. I love that guy so, too. So we have both of those instances, and then we have uh, the real life instance of Jackie Chan's treatment of his of his lesbian daughter. And it paints mm. a, a picture. So though you can take those as they are in the movie, but they also paint an idea of how Jackie Chan views homosexuality. I, kind don't, of, uh, I don't agree with that at all. I don't know personally. if Jackie had any uh, input on that scene. I don't even know if, like, if he didn't write. Like, yeah, Jackie's just there to show up and do work. Like, I, 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 yeah. I'd be surprised if Jackie fully understood what that scene meant but i don't know it's funny that we talk about like as a like an 11 year old boy he literally <laughs> says it he's like oh he likes you like yeah you think he doesn't understand what that is i mean it's i don't know it seems to be like very like i don't fully understand why that scene has to be there besides just showing jerry piven playing this I, I honestly think it's an homage to i think it's let me find out if it's 48 hours then it makes sense because that's a really popular buddy cop movie hmm. um eddie murphy how do i google this without being homophobic <laughs> uh i don't know i'm not gonna read it speak right. speak well, now because like so <laughs> according to the commentary the scene was super last minute and they like flew in jeremy piven to do it and a lot of it was improv between him and chris tucker chris tucker yeah. and chris tucker didn't know who he was and since he was in character hold the whole time i think chris tucker just thought he was actually a gay guy oh really yeah. well chris, jeremy piven wasn't really anything at that point was no he? i think this was no. like pre-entourage so why why did they have to fly in Jeremy Piven to do this role? I think Brett Ratner knew him for some reason. Oh, Brett okay. Rat, he was in Brett Ratner. I think yeah, he was in a previous Brett Ratner movie as was Don Cheadle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it is Beverly Hills Cop, which is okay. the movie that I'm thinking of. Mm. So, 
Sorry. So, towards the beginning of the movie, I want to make a comment about something. Do you think that Chris Tucker did the most dick move you can possibly ever do at a karaoke bar? Which is what? Which Kill is someone? doing the same song right uh, after somebody else does to to show off that you're better at doing it than that? I mean, is there, probably. Is there but, a- like, that's the thing. With that audience, he didn't really get the reaction he wanted. But, I mean, do you think there's anything worse you can do at a karaoke bar? No, it's pretty shitty. Oh, like, throw up on people. It's pretty It's pretty rude, but I think we've learned that Detective uh, Carter, James, Detective Jimmy Carter, technically, yeah. not technically, but James Carter is an asshole. Yeah, he like, doesn't really care about other people. Anyone. He, li- he does love Lee. Yeah, he does like, love to, Lee. To his credit. He loves Lee, and they have a real sincere, I think, effect. He, he has a bigger affection for Lee in this movie than Lee has for him. Yeah, I think so. Are you um, sure about that? One of them mourns the death of the other one. Because sure. Jackie didn't die. You don't think... Yeah. Lee, Lee is the one who... Like, Carter is annoying Lee the whole movie. And there's one point where Jackie even says, like, I'm sick of your bullshit. <laughs> like, he says that to him. Carter is honestly just trying, in his own way, to have... To give Jackie Chan and Lee, like, a good time. Right, he's trying just trying to, to be him. on vacation. Yeah, and Lee can't turn off, which is, like, which is fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Which isn't, like, but, as explored as it probably should be. I mean, it's, it's a very dumb movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very dumb film. They explore it in that it, he can't turn off because he needs to find, he needs to solve this case. Yeah. But the odd thing is, in the first movie, Chris Tucker never shuts off. He's the detective. Right. It's his home turf. Because he's, he's got something working. to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, but in this movie, it's the exact same thing, but it comes to the same example or the same head where Jackie Chan is going to abandon it and Chris Tucker has to convince him to keep mm-hmm. going with it. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that some things are mirrored and other things stay exactly the same as they were in the first movie. Right. Yeah. Um, that That's, I think... To some extent, that's part of what makes a, a by the book sequel like this work. I guess yeah. it's not too from it's it's familiar but not a carbon copy. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why people don't like the Hangover sequels very much because you get the same plot just with, with slightly different, different elements. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this: I don't understand the plot of this movie. Like, I don't understand. I don't fully get it either. Wait, what I, I part can, don't you get? So. Why are they bombing buildings? Uh, I think they were bombing... <laughs> right away, he doesn't know. It's confusing. Oh, I don't know. That, that part, like, they don't really... I think maybe that has something to do with the customs stealing the... Does that have something to do with stealing yeah, the Yeah, there's plates? something like involving customs and like shipping money plates to yeah, America. Yeah, th- they're laundering money to and America. Why'd they bomb a police department? Cause well, they bombed, they bombed the, uh, the consulate. Consulate, The U.S. Yeah. consulate. Um, and uh, I guess that kills the customs agents. Maybe because, like, so... The customs agents had a lead on the missing plates or whatever. Yeah. They had to get rid of them, I guess. 
Oh, so that wait, did they say that? No, I don't remember them. That's just me extrapolating. I mean, yeah, maybe we can they said it, but we can only extrapolate. I've watched this movie three times, and I don't, <laughs> I don't totally understand the involvement of many of the like of much of what's happening. Yeah, like why did that guy fake his death? So that he could get away with all the money. Hmm. I don't know. But it's he's but laundering like, it. Yeah. He's yeah, like but, getting away with anything. Well, he's able to be like, I'm already dead. Yeah. Here, here's my question. Do you think that the crazy lady, cra- as as Chris Tucker, as uh, Carter calls her, crazy ass, uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for the, the last few minutes of the movie. Yeah, the Zhang Zhiyi character. Do you think she is anywhere as good or as close to as good as um, Sang? No. As as like the Chris oh, no. Tucker enemy? Ab- absolutely not. I think she. I think is a really good performance. And that character is super underwritten. Like partly because be she a... didn't. Uh, she didn't speak any English. It was all supposed to be a man at first. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So kudos to somebody for yeah. thinking outside the box. I guess. Um. I, I, I like I think saying is of these two movies is probably in like my top five favorite characters in it. And I don't know if I would put her in my top ten. Mm. I think Sang's my favorite character. That's fair. He's awesome. I mean Chris Tucker I think is my favorite character. Yeah. The man yeah. is my favorite character. Um so Lee finds out that they've blown up the consulate. Mm-hmm. Or the yeah. Well, so yeah, they, they they do the karaoke scene, and that's when yeah. they they're like poking around. Uh, the and that it's a triad bar. Yeah. And Carter is like being real obnoxious. And then I don't remember what happens after that. He says probably my favorite bad thing that he says <laughs> in the movie, which is. Where he says, Jackie Jackie Chan says, like, I'm Michael, you're Toto. Oh, and he goes, no, yes. it's Tito. Toto is what we ate for dinner last right. night. Yeah, oh, that's extremely bad. <laughs> it's extremely bad, but with the fucking dedicate, There's nothing this guy can yeah. say that will make me hate him. There's no I don't know what that. it is. So, he, <laughs> he also says that, like, oh, like, try, try, to, try to fit in. And he says, sure. I can't pivot in. I'm two feet two taller, taller than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Chris Tucker is 6'1", and Jackie Chan is 5'9". Yeah. It's not even <laughs> like not, he's that much taller. Not. Uh, not at all. So, Brett Rana tries to sort of address the casual racism in the movie. Uh, and it's like a completely bullshit excuse. He says something like, uh, yeah, these guys are friends now, and that's how friends are talked to each other. There's an innocence to something he says, even though it's racist or offensive. But it's yeah, not it's not be- trying to offend because it's coming from a p- place of chemistry. Oh, that's uh, that's extremely bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not really accurate. I don't know if I would agree. Like with at the that. very least, at the very best, it's like an extremely hacky way to write jokes. Yeah, have have you guys seen? Uh, it makes me think about that movie Hell or High Water. Yes, if I you have guys seen have seen it. Yeah. it's like I'm one not. of the characters. I think it's. Uh, what is it? Jeff is it Jeff Bridges from R uh-huh. from R A P D? My favorite R-R-P-D. movie. <laughs> he plays the sheriff, right? Yeah, he plays the sheriff. I believe in it, and he's just very, very racist yeah. to his. Um, I believe it's Mex his Hispanic. I'll say just because I'm not sure if he's actually Mexican mm-hmm. uh, partner. Mm-hmm. 
And oh wait, it no, was... no, no, wasn't he like uh, Native American? Oh, then he was pro. Okay, then I, I fucked up. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Am I confl- Really, he is. I feel like I might be wrong. I See, now I'm getting those movies. I'm confusing it with Wind River. Um, and this, because they're very similar, and I think they're made written by the same person. They're very similar movies. Is Jeff Bridges of, a sergeant in both of them, or a sheriff in both of them? He's a sheriff, definitely in um, what do you call it? Hell in Hell or High Water. But he's he's he has his like real affection for his partner, but he says very, whatever uh, ethnicity he has, he has very racist things to him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's Comanche, the actor that plays him. So I okay, assume my that mis- they... I apologize, my mistake. I was conflating it with a number of other movies where things like this happen. Where Jeff Bridges plays a sheriff. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, he yeah. he he does that, and I remember talking to my mom about it. And my mom is a pretty liberal lady. She mm-hmm. raised me. She mm-hmm. used to be the president of her union and all that stuff. Um, married a non-white person, all that mm-hmm. fun things. And she, I was like, I kind of found it kind of fucked up how how he talked to his guys. Like, ah, oh, they're old, they're old buddies. <laughs> they're I old mean, buddies, and like you take shots at them. Like I do take shots at Jordan all the time. Yeah. But I love Jordan. I don't mean to hurt his feelings. Maybe that's what Brett Ratner is saying. Yeah. That, so, so that's, Brett that he thinks little of Jordan. <laughs> but that's different because I think the context of Hell or High Water is super serious. So that kind of like, I don't know, it it. It makes the racism something that's legit part of that character, right? Yes. It's, Whereas, it's, like, it's got motive. Right. Whereas Chris Tucker was just, like, saying things to say things that he thinks are funny. And that's what Brett Ratner says he does so well, is right. they just get just Chris Tucker in front of a camera and he goes nuts. And he's the best thing in the world. Who needs a script? It's just having to say racist shit at Jackie Chan. Yeah. And it's gold. And you know what? It made $350 million. He's right. Yeah, it did. I guess he was right. Um, Brett Ratner says, like, the most unsurprising fact in the commentary is Brett Ratner's favorite movie is Scarface. Wait, for real? His favorite yes. movie is? Yes. That's, he oh, well, that he's, a, from my, he's from Miami. He says that a couple of times. Didn't he say that his favorite movie was that movie he tried to, he tried to remake and never no, did? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Oh yeah. <laughs> he uh, he didn't say that was his favorite. He said he wanted to do it because somebody said that you should never remake a good movie. You should remake a movie that has interesting things but ultimately doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, which I agree with that. Yeah, that See, that's surprising because I do think from these movies that Brett Ratner is a talented director. At least at this point, he is. Um, like those shots are re- like this. These movies without him, I think, would be really, really, really bad. And for him to have Scarface be his favorite movie is a bit surprising to me because that yeah. is, in my opinion, a schlockfest. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I don't know. I've never seen Scarface, but to me, it oh. seems like it's just a lot of like um, I don't know, gangster nonsense, but like extremely mm. like can't be yeah i don't know jordan you've seen it right i've never seen scarface oh, wait i'm the only one who's seen scarface here and you guys have a big lapse in your like 80s uh, i mean i don't really care shit. for scarface because by the time like it's one of those college movies that i was like it's yeah, a co- it's I a dorm room poster it. movie like i used a, to i used to like boondock saints i get it 
Oh yeah, we all love Boondock Saints. Did you guys watch Green Street Hooligans also? Yeah, yes, yes, that was. Yeah. One of those. Uh, what were some other? Okay, let's do this. Top five. We're gonna take a break for <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Top five dorm room poster oh, movies. Obviously, Boondock Saints is up there. Definitely. I'm gonna say Fight Club is a dorm room Fight poster Club is movie. Certainly. Shawshank. I think. Shawshank's too sensitive. I think. It's, Pulp Fiction. It's got. It's Pulp Scott Fiction, hundred yeah. percent, king of the dorm room movie, or re- and Reservoir Dogs. I was gonna say Scott Pilgrim, but I don't think it's part of that. Uh, that's a no. little bit later. And also, it doesn't have the cultural impact. I think not that uh, Boondock Saints has fucking any, except to show if someone likes it now that they're a shithead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad taste in movies. <laughs> train spotting. I had a train spotting post there. I was gonna say train spotting is, it's yeah, that's it. Train. Th- this is like the equivalent of the. On a dude's wall of the girl in in college who has the Marilyn Monroe poster on her yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you oh, if you see definitely I, a lot of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I had oh a, for sure. I had a cop out poster. Does that count? What a is cop that? out poster? Is that Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. The Kevin Smith movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so fucking weird. Yeah, Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it. I think it's still in my room. Hey, let's thank this movie, because if it wasn't for Rush Hour, I bet we don't get cop out. <laughs> or let's be cops. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, where, where were we? We're, are we still in the... We're still in the triad bar, right? Yeah. We're, so that we're still at the beginning. So I want to say this movie is certainly paced a lot better than Rush Hour 1. It certainly... It has, like an arc that kind of makes a lot more sense. Um, after the triad bar, I don't even... How do they even escape the triad bar? They just leave. They just there, leave. There, there, there's not any fighting in the yeah. triad bar. It's just Chris Rock tells everybody to, like, slice his butt up. Chris Rock, oh, I said it again. <laughs> Chris Tucker <laughs> tells everybody to slice his butt up with a samurai yeah. sword. Ooh, yeah. And that's also culturally not accurate yeah jordan it doesn't chris tucker's a madman yeah (laughs) he's a madman like i'm sure he in his heart of hearts knows there's a difference between japan and china this is a guy who can't say gefilte fish like he's clearly not the like the most he does not careful about these things and it's all about the joke no but you're you're missing the point though it's not chris tucker chris tucker is saying something in what he thinks is chinese and Jackie Chan is saying a line afterward. Yeah, right. Chris Tucker is not riffing on it. What He's not mean? riffing on what? He, I don't understand. Chris what you mean. Tucker isn't coming up with nonsense. Well, that's Chris written, That's in the script. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's not. It's not. You're you're attributing it to Chris Tucker just coming up with something off the top of his head and didn't like riffing. Brett Ratner say in the thing that they just had. Chris Tucker doing multiple lines of this and having Jackie well, Chan no. translate what they are. Uh, I, I think they said they were feeding him the li- like phonetic Chinese off stage. Oh, okay. And I guess Jackie Chan was just saying what the translation, like what what his line was. I'm seeing if I can find the screenplay right now. Oh See man, that must be a, a bummer. Um, so no, I wait, can't find what, it. what would the screenplay look like on something like this? It would just have, like, Chris Tucker says something crazy here, and then that would be uh, the, like... I don't know. No, there's probably a real line that's in there, yeah. but then they 
they just give him room to punch. It's, it's like kind of what I do. It's just punch up. It's okay. you have a line, and if the actor doesn't like it, or if the director thinks there's something better, you can within the framework of the scene you improve upon it okay well they leave and the next day they go to a um i guess it's it's like a just like a massage parlor yeah yes um, it is and uh chris tucker gets like four women to massage him uh yeah i found the script <laughs> Uh, Sorry, continue. And while they're there, they ru- they see Ricky Tam, who is the... Uh, is it Tam or is it Tan? I think it's Tan. Tan. Tan, Tan with an N? Yeah, like the color. Okay. So R- Ricky Tan's there, and he is the big bad guy. He's the he's the head of the triad. The triad leader. And uh, Jackie's father is former partner. Yeah. And um, Chris Tucker goes up to him. Start some trouble. Chris, yeah. Chris, Tucker, Chris Tucker wants trouble. He wants he trouble. He loves, he loves trouble. <laughs> he, he takes his laptop, and laptops at that time were very expensive. Yeah. And he, he smashes it on he the does ground. The, yeah, he does the Andrew Garfield on it. What do you mean? Uh, I always remember that. It's one of my favorite scenes in the social in network. In social network. Yeah. You uh, does the Andrew up. Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm coming for the whole thing. Yeah, That's a great movie. That's an amazing movie. That's such a fucking great movie. That's better than Facebook. Yes, it's, all, it's way better than Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. No, uh, no problem. Uh, so then we get... we get. I really enjoy this fight scene. Yeah. I think it's set up really cool. Um, the whole, like, Chris Tucker's talking all big to, to Ricky Tan. And Ricky Tan, like... like behind chris tucker's back just like everybody else in the massage parlor stands yeah, they up stand up like mm-hmm. and they're ready and he like nods to them and they all sit down yeah. i think it's it's set up really cool um and then it leads yeah, it's well to choreographed. uh yeah it leads to a pretty cool scene i think it's i think what i compare it to in my head is the the fight scene in rush hour one where jackie and chris tucker are are fighting in unison yeah the and restaurant I, scene yes exactly i Can, think the uh, restaurant scene is a little bit better in my mind ooh, hmm. as a fight scene that's a hot take so i i think it's i just think it's a better scene and it's like more of this like coming out scene of them working together yeah. this scene it, this scene was like a, a fight it's like a fight scene callback i yeah. yeah it is i i think this is a better fight scene personally um I think that this movie, the action in it is just better as a whole because it's what we talked about last week that Jackie, pretty all those people are Jackie stuntmen. Yeah. So he felt com- he felt comfortable busting busting right. a nut with them. <laughs> yeah, I guess all of the fight scenes in this movie were with people that could fight, for the most part. Yeah. Or like Zhang Ziyi, she she doesn't know martial arts, but she's a dancer. So they were, were saying that like, I mean, this doesn't. <laughs> This doesn't 100% translate, but because Brent Reiner is an idiot, he's like, yeah, she can do things with her legs, so we figured she Put could, him high she in could the kick. Air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck. God damn this guy. This is what happens when you give 26-year-olds $150 million yeah. movies yeah. because they fucking made hip-hop music videos. Uh, this is what you get, Hollywood, when you pick these God. assholes to make your movies. And then, oh my God, the scene, so the shot where Chris Tucker punches Jackie... And he says, "Sorry, y'all look. All y'all look alike." 
Ooh. 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 Rough. And then Brett Ratner says, yeah, you know, you know that's great, because, you know, it's a very real moment. It happens a lot. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's what he says in the commentary. <laughs> Wait, why, why can't we get AB Club to feature this episode? <laughs> I mean, they've probably dug it, like... It's it's past the point of no return at this point. Like what? Does Brett Ratner need to also be a casual <laughs> racist? Or like maybe not even a casual racist, but just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like just a yeah. fucking dumb guy. I think I don't know. Yeah, I, it's pretty sorry. obvious at that point. Um but that fight scene goes down and they take what we said, they take their naked clothes they take their clothes and they're naked and they gotta run down the street. Yep. Which, um, Sonny, do you remember what... Yeah, talk about what Ratner said. I yeah, he says really this funny. was the most dangerous scene in the movie. <laughs> because they <laughs> Wait, just really? didn't stop traffic. Yeah. They just, like, did it in real time. And people were like, oh, that's Jackie Chan. And they were just going up to him, being like, hey, Jackie, can I get your autograph? And not realizing he was buck naked. Yeah, <laughs> butt-ass naked. It's What does buck naked <laughs> I mean, don't know. exactly? I just thought about it. I haven't heard a, a friend of mine say that before. <laughs> Maybe it's like a buck. Yeah. Like a, like a deer. Like a, like a deer. Oh, like you skin a deer, maybe? Oh. Or like, or maybe they're bu- buck-ass. I don't know. I don't know. Um, buck. Buck. Then they go, then they go to the USC. Yeah. Do they then go to the Secret yeah, Service? Yeah, they go, they go back to the, uh, the consulate. Oh, no, not the consulate. Because uh, that's blowed up. They go to the police station? Or the it says or on Wiki they go to the U.S. Secret Service, oh. led by Agent Sterling, and the Hong Kong police force oh. soon get into a fight over jurisdiction. That's right. Case. Yeah, I remember that old... That Th- old this guy. movie, I think, is actually, like, has the potential to be really smart if they had dialogue in it. Yeah. And they, like, know, too. Like, the writer was like, yeah, this is one of the only lines that has any plot in this movie. We're just gonna skip over that. Do you guys want to hear a dirty secret about writing in Hollywood and why, like, you have dudes like uh, this guy getting credit for the movie, even though he probably didn't write it a lot? Somebody will write a movie and then a producer will get it and then they'll go, what can we change to make this Rush Hour (laughs) 2? So it's an original idea that then gets bought and turned... Like, this is too smart to be Rush Hour (laughs) 2. Like, somebody wrote an interesting movie that is actually about... Like smuggle, like yeah. gold smuggling, and right. about Interpol, and about the Secret Service, and Hong Kong, and race, and like race and things. Mm-hmm. And then they went, let's take some of the set pieces, the general through line of it, and then we just fucking get this dude to do six weeks on it, and yeah. then we'll make this movie. That's and that's how. That, that's my assumption about Rush Hour too. I don't it's, know for a fact. It's though. also I can see it because the whole like the u.s gave the shah of iran like a plate to to make american currency is Mm -hmm. like such a ludicrous like (laughs) so i think i don't i wasn't paying close enough attention to this but i think brett rander mentioned that that's a real thing that happened whoa truth's stranger the fiction wait the u.s gave the shah of iran of like a money printing device to just make American currency. Yeah, it it's like almost doesn't make sense. They were able to. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Brett Ratner would like. He probably doesn't know the real facts behind it, but like, there's something that Iran has uh, printing. Like, the Shah under Iran prints their own banknotes. 
and they might have the technology to do it for U.S. banknotes as well. Uh, it's called like the the super dollar. Yeah, and they they refer to super dollars in this movie. Right. So in 2011, government sources state that these counterfeit bills were in worldwide circulation from the late 1980s until at least July 2000. Oh hmm. wow. That's insane. Yeah. That's really weird. So, wait. So, if it happened in July 2000, this movie... Oh, no. This movie wouldn't have had anything to do with it. But a year after it stopped, this movie came out. Maybe that's That's the real counterfeiting. So, uh, in the Wikipedia (laughs) article for Superdollar, the Iran section says, Before the Iranian Revolution in 1979... Iran used these machines to print its currency, the same ones that the U.S. and other governments use, and there has been mm-hmm. some speculation that Iran used these to print those U.S. super dollars. Mm. So I guess wow. the U.S. didn't give them, but maybe they created their own like counterfeit plates. We need to go to the uh, super bank in Iran to rob yeah. them of their super dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez, we totally spaced the. I think they do actually get into a fight scene after they first meet them at the club because we get that bamboo fight. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. right. That's at night, and then yeah, that's the, when, that's when they first meet oh, the woman. They follow them up the 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 building. Yeah, and yeah. Jackie's climbing up the building, and Chris Tucker's like, "I'm gonna take the stairs." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good scene. They they said that cool. um, the writer like was i'm gonna get his name just so we know what it is something nathanson it's um jeff nathanson Nathanson. son of nathan so yeah they wouldn't pay for to like fly him out to do research in hong kong so he just like got a bunch of books and he saw like those bamboo scaffolds or whatever (laughs) can can you imagine what hollywood was like where this was recorded in the early 2000s where he's complaining yeah they like you did your thing just get books you don't have to go look at bamboo to write a three-page scene like the fucking money they're just throwing at people at this point is is insanity yeah Mm-hmm. They're too cheap to fly me to Hong Kong for bamboo research. Go die. <laughs> Go die. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, scene. Jackie, Jackie does a good... He just climbs up the bamboo. And then there's a really cool shot of them all climbing up. Uh, and then Chris Tucker is climbing the stairs. And, it says, and he says, like, move over, Kobe, to a random old woman. <laughs> apparently people in um hong kong thought he was kobe bryant all the time i read uh, that, that in the imdb trivia yeah it's a reference to that can we actually look at this jeff nathanson's guy's filmography because it's not unimpressive yeah it's um what's in there first movie he wrote for better or worse don't know it's then he wrote speed Two. Oh man oh yeah <laughs> uh sandy bullock vehicle literally rush hour two <laughs> Then he wrote one of my favorite Sunday afternoon movies, Catch Me If You Can. Holy shit. That, whoa. That's awesome. That that's a great. great movie. Yeah. It's a legitimately unbelievable. It's a great written movie, too. Then The Terminal. Okay. Oh, I love The Terminal. Of Spielberg work. Yeah. Then he did The Last Shot. I don't know what that, I don't is. Know what that is. Rush Hour 3, <laughs> uh, which I like, to be fair. 
uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, wow. And then he did that weird New York I Love You movie that was five directors oh, yeah. doing, like... He did Brett Ratner's version of that. Okay. They did Tower Heist, which I think is Brett Ratner also. Uh-huh. And then Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell God. No Tales. And then lastly... He's going to be writing the live-action Lion King movie next Holy year. Holy shit. Oh, really? That's wow. A, yeah. That's a big-ass deal. This guy is so rich. Yeah, he's got a lot of money. <laughs> this is what when I tell people that I like moved to Hollywood to be a writer, they think I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> or when I say that like I have credits, they're like, oh, you made a movie that sold, <laughs> made $400 million, yeah. and you have a gold house. They think it's this But guy, this was like, whatever. so that's interesting, like the culture of writers in Hollywood, because right now it's like a, well, at least for television, it's like a writer's room thing. And that's like the thing yeah. you want to get into, right? A lot of the time, yeah. yeah. I don't personally, okay. but like a lot of people do. Because um, that's like a more of a collaborative environment. But there, there's a lot of these like old hat, like it's the equivalent of like old money writers, right? That they've just yeah. been working on movies forever and they get hired yeah. for these massive things. Yeah. They get, it's the way that it works a lot of the time. And kind, I kind of want that to be the trajectory, but mm. I've started the opposite way, which <laughs> is usually you sell like a big movie and then you do punch up on other big movies. Right. Okay. And uh, then when you want, when you like really want to cash in, you write your own script, and they pay you. Ooh, now, if you write like a movie like King, like Lion King, like eight hundred thousand dollars, and then oh points God. too yeah. for six months' work. Which, to be fair, is something that the actors make in two days. Right. So I'm not gonna fucking say like it's crazy. Yeah. It's it is crazy. It's a crazy amount of money for to write a silly story. Uh, um. But yeah, a lot of people if, like a lot of these are like the lion king you you have that movie yeah it's just you need some you just need to pay somebody they're right. just fucking bad with their money yeah. and they just have to pay someone lots of money yeah um this guy was in the right place probably for rush hour too there's like this guy wrote some wrote speed 2 speed he knows two. how to write a sequel and then yeah speed 2 and then 4 hours later he's like rush hour 4 years later he writes rush four, hour 2 yeah that's wild um so let's cut back to there at the police, whatever, the Secret Service station. Mm-hmm. And another, bu- the Carter and Lee have a big fight after they've changed into clothes. Yeah. Um, that's where Jackie tells Chris Tucker, I'm sick of your bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fine, I'm just going to leave. But he, but Chris Tucker, uh, Jackie leaves the room not knowing that Chris Tucker is also about to leave the room because he left his passport at the um, massage parlor. Right. Um, which is actually pretty smart. Yeah. When, when I heard that, that he did that, I felt so bad for him. That's like <laughs> the worst feeling in the world when you lose your license, you lose your wallet. Yeah. It fucking yeah. sucks. It's worse than almost getting killed. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Because if you get killed, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> Shake yourself off, you're dead. Uh, what were you saying, George? It's especially bad because he doesn't even know how to get around. Like, no. he yeah. can't really, like, like pay anybody because he doesn't have his wallet, so he doesn't have money. Mm-hmm. And he has to, like, just walk around just asking people how to get to... I don't even remember what the name of the massage parlor was. Yeah. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's probably something but racist. Jackie's Secret. Yeah. Jackie's Secret? Jackie's <laughs> Secret Massage House. 
Uh, yeah, I can't find what it says. It is. I could just be consulting the script right now, and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, ha- I have the whole movie laid out in front of me, and I'm instead on Wikipedia. Um, but he does end up wearing a traditional piece of Chinese yeah, like garb. Yeah, Chinese, in- yeah. I don't know what that is properly called, otherwise I would be using that term. I'm instead not of calling sure. it Chinese garb. I'm not sure either. Sonny, did you ever have stuff like? Did your parents dress you up like that? No. Ever like no when you're little? Not just not, Looney Tunes T-shirts. Yeah, just <laughs> insane secondhand T-shirts. Yeah, George, your pair. I bet your dad put you in some weird stuff. Yeah, I got all. No, I got all hand-me-downs for my brothers, my brother, and my cousins, and yeah, that was. It was a lot of hand-me-downs. Oh man. Okay. I was never. I was just a chubby little boy. I, everything I wore was a silly thing. Um, so when the bomb does go off, Jack Chan thinks that Chris Tuck has been exploded. Yeah, is dead. He's not dead. Yeah, he's just he's just lost in Hong Kong, which is scary too. But he's not dead. Um, yeah, and Jackie he puts in a good like performance when he, he when he realizes he has that um, well. Yes, they, that, he's he's realized that his like only friend in the world is dead, and then he says all he wanted was some. Mushu. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a weird choice. <laughs> all he wanted, all was, he some wanted was some Let's completely <laughs> undersell the drama of the situation. I guess because we know he's not dead, it's yeah, okay. Sure, and and, uh, and this movie doesn't care listen- about like character. Yeah, thoughts. he's listening to "Missing You" on the radio. <laughs> yeah, just like, but it's randomly playing in yeah. in China, which is almost weirder. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if Puff Daddy has. Hong- I feel like Hong Kong probably are into. Yeah, rap. I think they have like popular music stations, probably. Yeah, and he does the little head shake that Chris the... Tucker does, which is pretty fun because he doesn't. They they hold on him for a long yeah, time. It's like thirty. Yeah. He does it from sad to happy. It's such a weird choice. Yeah. That's such a. Can you imagine the directing of that? Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna bob your head one side like Chris does, and you're sad, and then you're just gonna keep doing it until you can't stand how happy you are. <laughs> you're happy he's dead. Oh God. Um. um and then they, they both, end up on the boat. Yeah, they both end up on the boat. Uh, the Red Dragon, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. But Chris Tucker's always up to his wild tricks. Yeah. Where he meets... What is her name? I don't... Uh, that, that's bad. I don't know. Yes, he meets Isabella. And he's trying to smooth talk her pretty aggressively, I yeah. might add. I found it very unattractive. Yeah. Hmm. That's um, kind of his whole thing, though. He's he's constantly being overly flirtatious and, like, over... Like, he's over the top. Right. He's like a. Arnold he's Schwartz. like. So Stallone. <laughs> it's over the top. Uh, I feel like in those situations, Chris Tucker is like the Joker. Now hear me out here. Oh, uh. I will. I, I. There's nothing more than I want for you to explore how Chris Tucker is like. Are okay? Is he like the Batman Dark Knight Joker? Yes. Or is he like okay? Uh, he. Oh, fuck! I don't know what the line is. He's like a he's like the the dog chasing a garbage truck. He wouldn't know what to do if he got it. That's fucking brilliant. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I actually Thank love you. that. That's Thank very you. smart. <laughs> wow, you like he's constantly well. overshooting these situations because he never expects them to actually work out. 
It's it's like um you guys know Pepe Le Pew, uh, yeah. famous ra- mm-hmm. rapist yeah. Warner Brothers character. Um, there's one thing. There's one thing when uh the girl actually like wants him. I remember where right he like looks like a cat, like how she does. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. always looks like a skunk, and he ha- he hates it. And he like <laughs> runs away, like he hates what's happening to him. Yeah, and that I feel like Chris Tucker if. In the fourth movie, when it does come out, I hope that there's a woman that's exactly like Chris Tucker yeah. that is that way to him, and he's off put by it. Oh my Ooh. god! It sounds like a Who Tiffany Haddish role. I was about to say it should be a Haddish, <laughs> should be a Haddish move. Oh, Haddish okay. and Tucker, as okay, or oh, Haddish no. is yeah, his daughter. Be... Holy shit! Is Chris, I, I, is Chris Tucker old enough to be Haddish's? What is she? Like Chris Tucker is deceptively old. I think he's like fifty. At least, but how he's forty seven. Oh, okay. Is she is is she our age? So I feel like she might be a little older. Yeah, that w- I would be surprised if she was our age. Um, nineteen. Oh, she's she's eleven years older than us. She is oh, uh, wow. almost forty years. I thought old. she was in her twenties. Yo, good on her. You, yeah, you never know when your career's done. Yeah, keep fighting. Great for her. And now I root for her more because she spent thirty five years like relatively Grinding. unknown. Good for her. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And that's Maybe she could be his wife. Yeah, well, she should could, be his wife. That could be a, a love interest thing. Yeah, she's just his wife and... Okay, we're in... Let's do that at the end of Rush Hour 3. Let's figure out what Rush Hour 4 should okay, be. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And we let's sell right our now. script. Uh, okay, so... And someone else can make <clears throat> money off of it. <laughs> yeah, so they... they they meet up at the boat, the Red Dragon, where they're and Tucker is trying to woo Isabella. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is sort of where we start to glean what the actual plot of the movie is, where he meets a, a, a strange, like, famous billionaire who yeah. uh, Ratner says is Rain? almost ba- is partially based off Donald Trump. Yeah, like half Donald oh, Trump, really? half another person. Yeah. I thought he was uh, off of um, that other guy. What's his name? Sheldon Adelson? Cooper. I was going to say Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> I don't know, Jordan. I don't know who you're mentioning, but he's like a famous mogul. A Mark Cuban, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, he owns half if, of L.A., is what Tucker yeah. says, which is why he recognizes oh, him, I guess. In that case, he's he'd be real estate mogul Barbara Corcoran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Bab, so he meets Babs Corcoran. Um, and, cause, and it all is funny because he claims... I actually like this line where yeah. he says that it's his boat. He's like, you want some champagne? You want some caviar, whatever. My yacht is your yacht. She goes, "This is your yacht," and he goes, "Yeah." It says, "What's it called?" And what was the, the what SS is the SS Minnow? The SS, SS Minnow Johnson or something. The SS Minnow Johnson. I don't get that joke. The <laughs> SS Minnow is Gilligan's from, Island. Yeah, Gilligan's Island. Is it supposed to be like the little penis? Like a minnow is a small fish, and the Minnow Johnson would be like a tiny dick. Oh, I didn't even make that I, connection. I didn't think about that. Um, I I have no clue. Who I says just... that. <laughs> that's a hmm. It's a weird. That's definitely one of the things that they got Chris Tucker to improvise. Like just say with name Yeah. Like yeah. we we don't have to reframe you if you say it in two seconds. You can call it whatever. It says flipper duperty and it'll be fine. But then she goes, "Oh, I thought it was the Red Dragon because my friend owns this yeah. yacht." And then he goes, oh, shit, I got on the wrong yacht. (laughs) (laughs) 
which is oh, really all good. All these yachts look the same. Yeah. All I these think, yachts today look the ooh, same. <laughs> maybe, maybe the real moral of the story is that Chris Tucker has an eye, like a see a sight problem. Yeah. He, he always just, things look the same. He's secretly just a blind person. <laughs> That's a that's his actor secret in the movie that he was talking about. <laughs> that he was blind, um, but Jackie also is on this boat on a mission. Chris Tucker just happens to be there for pleasure. Yeah. So it's a pleasure mission, a business and pleasure mission for the two of them. And during it, they see uh, what did, I keep, see keep forgetting her name. Ricky Tan. They see they see Rick Tan. Yeah. And they see uh, that woman who's been setting all the bombs off. Yeah. Bomb lady. And we get a great. We get more fight scenes in this, mm-hmm. uh, including what Ratner described as one of the scariest things I've ever heard in a set, oh, which yeah. is when they knock two of the um, extras off, Jordan, mm-hmm. and they go under the boat, and they didn't come up for minutes. Oh, my God. So they God. thought they got diced up by the engine, yeah. because Jackie was even nervous about the set, about the shot, because he said it's like a cold, they don't know how the water's going, yeah. the tide can take them, and... I hope, God, God! I hope they only did one take of that scene. They, yeah, like, that, it's they could, crazy. What was the problem? They like almost died. Like, they got did sucked they act- in. Like, I guess because the waves so, took them under the boat. Yeah, oh I don't God. fully understand like the physics of it, but they built because that's like a not a normal size for what a boat's deck looks like in the back. No, so they like yeah. built it out a little bit so it like stuck. Bodhi Chang. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a little bit further up from the <laughs> propeller. So yeah. I guess, like, when it has that much space to, like, create a vacuum, the propeller, it is more dangerous. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's horrible. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, at least, it's... At least sorry. nobody died on this movie, like, yeah. unlike that other movie. Which one? Didn't we watch a movie where somebody died in the Probably. making of it? Oh yeah, well, someone died. It was Armor of God, I think. Someone died in like oh, a river yeah. boat. Mm-hmm. They like oh, got, no, not Armor they drowned. of God. It was a movie you guys watched without me. Skip Trace? Someone died on Skip Trace. Uh, yeah, somebody right. drowned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. Skip that was Trace. the the waterfall scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They drowned in the lake or whatever. That's fucking sucks. Yeah. What a piece of shit movie to take someone's life. <laughs> yeah, bummer. Jordan, knowing the movie Sonny and I watch better. <laughs> 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 um. But during the uh, during this cool scene, Ricky Tan has a little accident. Yeah, he gets shot by Zhang Ji. Why? Mad. She mad. What was even the like rationale for her shooting him? I, I don't get her well, character's motivation. So so he's telling Jack. He's telling Lee. Oh, um, I know this. Uh, these bombings. These things that are happening. Um, I. Somebody, one of my people did it, um, but I don't know who it is. I need your help because they're trying to frame me for the the bombing. Mm. And uh, I think we're led to believe that she's the one who set him up to look oh, like I it see. was him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she's like taking him out of the equation. Right. Which, if you're framing somebody, you probably wouldn't want to kill them also, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think you're supposed to believe that she's the one who did it and she was taking him out of the picture. Yeah. She needs she needs actual scenes of dialogue. Yeah. I'm going to say. Her she's... character is interesting, but she's so underdeveloped. Right. Like, she plays a really good, intense character. Like, yeah, I thought so. Um, 
And I think she actually has good scenes with Chris Tucker, too. Like, they have good interactions with each other because they're so, like, opposite. I think Brett Ratner says that she knew how to deal with him, as opposed to Jackie, who didn't. Jackie just is fucking over his head constantly. Yeah, with yeah. With Tucker. He can't handle this shit. Um... What, how I, I like I can't this movie is weird because it is still an action movie so there's not very good um, transitions yeah transitions it is just set piece to set piece yeah which is why I think this is more of a Jackie Chan movie than it is a like I said the first one was a Chris Tucker movie this right. I think is more a Jackie Chan movie there's yeah. way more stunts way better action plot is an incoherent mess right. that has something to do with imperialism again yeah it's uh so what happens after this is Sterling is mad because they let Ricky Tam die because now they don't have mm-hmm. any leads. Yeah. And then they send Carter back to L.A. and I guess Lee goes back to him with him. They're gonna yeah I guess which is does, does Lee work for the LAPD now? Is that what we're supposed to believe? I don't know. I guess they're just like renegade cops. They're They've both been fired. They they are like. A lot's happened in four days, yeah. I'm going to say. If this like, is actually four days. They, they spent two of those four days just flying. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucks. Could you imagine you get to Hong Kong, you got to fight, mur- you gotta fight murderers, and then yeah. you just you gotta go back. have to leave. Yeah. Uh, so they get to L.A., and then they spy on the billionaire. And uh, the Don Trump character. Yeah. Ray, um, do you not have a shirt on? Okay, good. I thought my girlfriend was naked behind me, and that would have been very I don't bad. Have pants on though. Okay, pass by. <laughs> I just got. We can't keep see that in. Your chair is in the way. Good. Keep that in there. <laughs> Let you know the the chaos that I have to deal with. <laughs> um, sorry. They're we're talking about their plane trips uh, <laughs> and their fucking horrible lives. Yeah. So they're spying on uh, Stephen Rain, the billionaire. Yeah. with the Isabella. Uh, yeah. And a super creepy peeping top yeah. scene happens. We don't really get those scenes in movies anymore yeah. of, of we, those kind of things. It's super we definitely indulgent. don't get the heroes doing it, right. at the very least. Yeah. Where, where Jackie's like, he's like looking with binoculars, and then he's just like, oh, there's nothing happening. Like, I don't see anything. Right. Especially one that's not, like, so drawn out. That's, like, a five-minute scene where they're yeah. just oh, looking at this nakedly. You you can guess the trajectory of Jackie Chan's boner. It's such a long scene. <laughs> like, the, the stages of getting hard. That's how yeah. fucking long the scene lasts. He is very, I will say, it is a funny scene that is, Jackie Chan is. He is good in it, yeah. It's it's that's what's weird about this movie. There's so many things that are uncouth and aren't cool, but they they work because it's such a fucking weird pairing. Right. It's just so it, it makes it dynamic and fun because they're such odd. They're such odd people to be. Yeah, doing these things. it's like they just yeah. put them in these situations that don't make any sense, and they play off each other well because it's a new thing. Yeah, it feels and it feels fresh even years after this shit kind of is more normal. Yeah, I mean, it not not super normal but partially normal um i so then uh they what they discover is they see the woman showing up the bomb lady Mm -hmm. and they're like she delivers like this like uh it looks like a cardboard like it just looks like a package that you would think a bomb might be in right so they run over they run across the 
the from one building to the other uh like and they they take it and they they take it to the roof they're like it's gonna explode and she opens it up she she meets them up there in a bathrobe and she opens it up and it's just like like uh wads of cash yeah it's just money and hard green yeah and she she um reveals to them that she is secretly an agent uh working with uh the cia to take down the triads Mm -hmm. in this uh she reveals that shah of iran thing and um she she describes kind of what's going on and you kind of get the feeling that she is you're not sure if you should trust her or not they have this after after they leave uh she talks on the phone with somebody and um she says like lee and carter are officially out of the cia's way right and she says it in a way that sounds like she's up to no good um also but uh, that line is also clunky because like I think they they wanted to make sure that you knew she was still a good guy, but she was just trying to get rid of Lee and Carter. I think yeah, because I'm supposed to believe she might be a double agent, and you're not sure which side of the law she's actually. I I can see that too, actually. But she's like mentions the Secret Service specifically. She's like, yeah, they're out of the Secret Service's way. Which, like, Mm. if they wanted to be more ambiguous, she could have just said. Like, that would have been a good reveal. They're out of our way. Yeah, Mm. exactly. That would have been a good reveal, like, towards the end, when you realized R is the Secret Service. Yeah. This woman is not a good actor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's not given that much, but... I just want to put it out there to to prove my point that Chris Tucker's actor's secret is that he's blind uh, when she flashes her badge... He, you says, see it again? he says i didn't Let see, see it. Again. <laughs> it makes his eye it's funny because his eyes are so big yeah and you can't see. i think yeah his delivery is like super confident which i think yeah. really needs to happen to sell this character yeah yeah she she is someone who i think five or six years later would be played by eva mendez or eva longoria sure. much better <laughs> yeah that they would be handling this role a little bit better than her. I don't, I don't know the actress, so maybe she's like an Oscar winner. She's like actually Co- Cotillard or something, and I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she's not. She's she's not. No, she's not Marion Cotillard, who apparently is a fucking lunatic, by the way. Like I was reading about life. her conspiracy. She's a huge conspiracy oh, theorist. Oh, yes. Yeah, I have heard about that. She's a fucking lunatic. She's like a 9 truther or something. Yeah. She's also like an anti-vaxxer and all those things. Yeah. Why did Brad Pitt fuck her? Did, what the fuck, Pitt? Did he? Is that what happened? That's what happened. They oh. fucked on the set of Allies or whatever. And and uh, Joe Lee, who I think is awesome yeah. a lot of the time, kick him a curb, which he should yeah. for fucking that. He'll never forget. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> that mistake. Okay. We are... This is a long this fucking long podcast. This this is the longest episode again. All right. So now that they think they're working with the Secret Service, they got to get Secret Service duds. Mm-hmm. That's what happens, right, Jordan? Yeah, you you work for the Secret Service. You got to look fly. You got to uh, make this look good. No, I'm wrong. Wait, no, you're... Yeah, Kung you're Fu wrong. Kenny! This is the Kung Fu Kenny scene, yeah. This is like what Sonny's been writing a dissertation oh, about yeah. for the last week and a half. So wait, so, so what is the Kung Fu Kenny thing? So... 
Um, what happened was Kendrick Lamar when he released Damn, I think maybe a little bit before that, he's had this alter ego called Kung Fu Kenny, which he like references a lot throughout the album. Um, and when he had, I think he had Cheadle in the Humble, no, not Humble. One of those music videos for the for the album, he had Don Cheadle in it, and then I think it was Humble. Oh no no no! It was um, Lloyd. I'm so I'm. So, I don't know. I think it's Humble. Um. Uh, oh no! It was for DNA. Yeah yeah. For DNA, yeah, my bad. Um, and then after that, he like had did an interview where he said he based Kung Fu Kenny off of Don Cheadle's character in Rush Hour Two. <laughs> so strange. Uh, and Don Cheadle was like, "Oh, interesting. That's a weird choice because it is because <laughs> it's hundred percent is." Um, but yeah, this is the scene where Don Cheadle said he wouldn't be in this movie unless he got to speak Chinese and fight with Jackie Chan, uh, which is super good. But what I wanted to explore is like this whole dynamic between is. Kendrick Lamar is Kung Fu Kenny cultural appropriation and that relationship oh. between hip hop and martial arts sort of again kind of, which we've we, kind of tiptoed around it but we we brought I mean we brought it up in the Legacy of Rush Hour is like the content the connotation between black culture and martial arts movies right um, and then but did we we didn't talk about Kung Fu Kenny right no okay. that didn't come up until like a week and a half ago so. Um, and I think it's interesting just because of how... So I like looked into it a little bit more. Uh, and this is definitely more than what we discussed in the Legacy episode, I think. But um, there's this guy that wrote a book about like hip-hop culture in New York. Uh, and he's talking about how uh, a lot of the martial arts movies in like the films of the 70s and 80s had like a big seminal influence on hip-hop because when hip-hop was being born... It was in a time of like huge economic strife in New York, um, and movie theaters. Their best economic alternative was to buy like giant packages of these. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wow. think you did. You did say that, and they would just show them all day long, uh, and it was like just that and porn, pretty much. Uh, and then that started like bleeding into TV as the years went on, into like the eight the eighties, I think. And it was in, like, all the drive-ins on Saturdays and stuff like that. And all the kids loved them because, um, like, hip-hop was born out of the civil rights movement. uh, Or at least, like, the ashes of it and everything that happened afterwards. Uh, And a lot of that is sort of rooted in the reclamation of um, black male dignity, which has a more unfortunate consequence of a lot of the rampant misogyny that happens in hip hop, mm. like as it becomes more mainstream in the 2002. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but there a lot of those movies, like especially like Bruce Lee movies and all of the Shaw Brothers ones, they they deal with the man going against the organization. I think that I mentioned a little bit of this in the Legacy episode, or like one man going against unjust circumstances, and yeah. martial arts was something that like you can just do with your hands. You don't need any tools to do it you don't need money or anything to do it you're strong as you are right so it's like a class thing as well like you didn't you you just had to have discipline and um be willing to work for it and you could be good at martial arts um and a lot of those kids who like invented hip-hop and grew up um perfecting their art form had these martial arts embedded in 
these movies embedded in their upbringing and then that pretty much resonates through time to Kendrick Lamar uh, and I think a lot of that is sort of more of an homage to that rather than like a director like this character right kind of. yeah okay or just like a straight well, up cultural appropriation which is like well, I think we should end the podcast now because it's not going to get more interesting <laughs> than that that's easily the best piece of journalism we've done on this podcast yeah. that was awesome Sonny it was super um, interesting to look into. Also, I mean, I guess Kung Fu Kenny is similar to Kendrick Lamar's from... He's in Crenshaw, yeah. so he's right by, Com- so right by Compton. Right. So it's like even sim- more similar. It, I was wondering if it's even something that that's what somebody called Kendrick Lamar when he was younger. Just because, just because. it would be like... Maybe Kendrick Lamar liked karate and he saw Rush Hour 2 with somebody. And he's like, oh shit, they're in Crenshaw. And oh shit, his name is Ken. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, Yours is much better. The, Delete the, this. The scene is like a really interesting, uh, I guess, confluence of black and Chinese culture. I don't know if it's like anything that would actually happen in the real world, but uh, I thought, what was the name of the restaurant? It was like Crenshaw Chinese. It's like Crenshaw Chinese food. Yeah, yeah. it was It was something that should have had a, a clever name and they didn't have time to yeah, write a fun name on right. the fucking thing. Um, but he gives him... Is Kung Fu Kenny a criminal? Oh, because he's, he's like, storing money. Right. He, I think well, he's, like, a money No, runner, he's right? doing illegal gambling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's running, like, an illegal... I, I don't know what they're playing at those tables, but they're certainly playing some game that is illegal and you shouldn't be playing. Don't play it. We play fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but for, then from Kung Fu Kenny... We get them going to... Right. They trace that money back to a bank. Yeah. Yeah. Back to a bank, which takes them, I guess, a little further into the plot. Yeah. yeah. So they literally, they, Kenny tells them the the name of somebody who gave him, who like paid off a $50,000 debt he owed the next day, but he had just like a desk job at like a building nearby. Yeah. Uh, so they go to that building and they they go to the the person who works in security and they're just like oh we're looking for this person this is the LAPD and it mm. turns out that's the guy who, who they're looking for yeah. so they chase him out of the building and they in the back alleyway is just uh, uh, what's her name the crazy ass and all her crazy ass. <laughs> and they they have just like machine guns galore just waiting for them. Uh, I don't know why they're in the back of the building just waiting for them, but they are. Um, <laughs> it seems like extremely bad timing. Oh, oh yeah, it is because they're they're right about to transport the money. Yeah. Right. Uh, to to where it's going, so it's bad timing. Uh, they they are about to get murdered, and Isabella um, pistol whips Jackie in the back of the head and knocks him out. Quacham! And then. Chris Tucker gets kicked in the face, which is what his he MO. does in both of his movies. You might say he does what he does best. It's taking kicks to the face. <laughs> taking kicks to the face and saying funny stuff afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they both get put in the back of this truck. And you see there's some tension between Isabella and, and Crazy Ass. Um, I'm not going to remember her name. Uh, Zhang Zi. Um, 
and uh, you have you have them escaping from where they're being held in the truck, mm-hmm. and in the process, uh, they knock over one of the uh, one of the I guess they're like clay statues. Yeah. Um. Uh. And inside of them, they're like filled to the brim with money. This uh, I don't know if we spoke about the exact figure of the money, but I think it's a hundred million dollars. It is one hundred million dollars. Yeah. So they um they end up uh escaping from the truck after it parks. They beat some people up. Uh, it's pretty uneventful. They, yeah, this this is definitely lulls. It's a lull in the movie. Yeah. They 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 get away and they realize they're right outside of a Red Dragon casino and mm-hmm. they realize. Wow, a casino is a great way to launder all this money. Right. Yeah. So they realize they got to dress up, and the only guy for the job who can give them the sweet duds they need is Piven. Mr. Jeremy Piven. Is Piven. But uh, before that, when they escape from the truck, they end up in the sewers, and mm-hmm. it has one of my favorite lines in the movie, where Chris Tucker goes like, "Oh, like it stinks down here. Oh, there's a rat." And Jackie's like, "There's no rat." And he's like, "It's a rat right there." <laughs> It's right, right there. Which I think is really funny too, Jordan. If Chris Tucker can't see, yeah, that he thinks there's a rat. I want to rewatch these movies, but that he is uh, like former New York Governor David Patterson, where he is legally blind. Oh fuck! And then in the beginning of the third movie, when he's directing traffic, he does a terrible job. Oh my god! I I think it's real. I think I think Chris Tucker can't see. Yeah. Um. But no, they get they get fitted. I do really love what Chris Tucker. He does. He wants sn- yeah, snake he skin. Yeah, he just like or? snake skin. Just like a no, full he, three piece. He doesn't, he doesn't say, <laughs> he doesn't say that he wants snake right. skin. That's just a, Jeremy, that's a Piv decision. Jeremy yeah. Piven tells him he's like, I need to put a dead something a dead, dead, dead onto yeah. you, and then he goes snake skin. What does he say? Snake skin, uh, cream, cream, snake skin. He like Got says it. it in like this very weird way. Let me see if it's in the script. I want to see if I can find it. Uh, <laughs> it keep talking. Oh no, I found it. Carter Flash. This is. We should just be afraid of this. Carter Flash is his biggest smile as he pulls out a stack of super bills. Black, forty-two long. Nothing touches his body but pure silk. <laughs> and my partner, something from the children's department. <laughs> um. But no, that's it. He doesn't say specifically anything about cream. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what's in the script. And then they do two pages out of it. Just of, like, bullshit. Um, no, it's a really funny scene. I really like that scene. I know yeah. it's, like, a problematic scene in a couple ways. But, like, I think Piven's a really talented guy. I think him playing off Chris Tucker is really, really funny. Yeah, it's a good, that scene. It's a good situation they found themselves in. Um, and then they're suited and booted and they go to the casino. Yeah. And then, oh man, the casino is... I think a lot of the money went into that casino. It oh, was yeah. extremely good. Oh, it's a, it's a real casino. Oh, really? But, like, yeah, not, I, not I as the Red Dragon. No, let me find out what it actually was as we, like, talk about it. But I remember in the IMDb trivia, they said that it was, like, the, Hamp- the Hampton Casino or something it was called. Oh, no, they I didn't don't... mention... They mentioned the, the commentary. It's, like, the Desert Inn or something. The Desert Inn, oh, yes. Okay. okay. Um, I think I think it kind of looks tacky. Um, it it certainly looks very like not as cool as you think it's gonna look. Um, the most untacky place in the world, Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. But um, the the whole speech that he gives 
Like, I'm glad it gets rectified in the end. Yeah. Uh, where, like, the billionaire does this, like, like, oh, like, there was an ancient Chinese town that had all dragon, right. and they stored all their gems there when this is the dra- this is the dragon i this found all that yeah it, it that's a, that's like, cultural lame. appropriation yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> the oldest baldest white guy who's so rich yeah. fucking talking about Ch- chinese folktales but um, here's the thing so is this movie making a statement about no the- Whatever you're going to say it's not making a statement about anything <laughs> okay but let's compare kung fu kenny versus this oh guy. there's oh no kung fu okay. Kenny, okay kung fu kenny he at the very least he has a he has a love and appreciation of of martial arts he, okay yeah he has studied it he right. has he's not appropriating it to to just to use it for uh gain he has yeah. a wife who's who's yeah. chinese he like he actually loves the culture and really appreciates it yeah and so, the co- the difference between the Kung Fu Kennys of the world and the whatever this old white guys of the world, there's like a stark difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't think the movie has any care about making a statement about the difference between right. the two of them. I think that that's ridiculous <laughs> to even think so. Well, I know we had we had discussed that as possibly appropriation before. And I oh, just I, think I, there's a. I, I don't oh, think no. Kung Fu Kenny is cultural appropriation because I believe that he really takes his life seriously and he studied right. with. I think there's a good chance he lived in China or in Hong Kong. I think he yeah. speaks the language fluently. Like the, the text in the movie doesn't make it seem like that. My thing was Kendrick Lamar's sort of repurposing of of that because I don't oh. know what Kendrick's relationship with it is, and that makes it okay. it's, a, it's a bit more complicated convoluted from, from that I think he's being a cheeky little guy yeah probably he's not I don't think he really means anything I, I know that everyone and I think he's really really talented but there are things that he does where he is just like a dude in his early 30s where he's being a silly guy who yeah. makes fun music <laughs> I think that's one of them um but when we're in the, this is the third act and you could tell because just like in the first movie they're in a giant convention center pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this, this third act plays very very similarly to the previous one yeah, uh, yeah. albeit we get Jackie's doing some reconnaissance doing fun Jackie action stuff which is great you get Chris Tucker at the craps table also having fun with one of the characters from Brooklyn Nine-Nine also in yes, that movie I was gonna say that which it's, one? Uh, Scully or Hitchcock is oh. the one with the cowboy hat I don't yeah. remember that at all Whatever's I thought that was just the... a rando so I thought it was a rando until Chris Tucker is wearing the cowboy hat and you can see his like his trademark like high top his Johnny Unitas hair. <laughs> yeah. It's I think I think it's Scully and not Hitchcock. Whoever whoever's not the bald one. Yeah. Okay. I don't know which one it is. But uh that scene where Chris Tucker like he he like is making a fuss at the casino to distract everybody talking about like racism and the chips that he was given mm-hmm. as a distraction um 
I don't I don't know. It feels very weird. Uh it's it, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. like the ramblings again of a lunatic. Yeah. He's talking about Nelson Mandela. <laughs> He's talking about how everyone else has like hundred dollar chips, he has fifty or thousand yeah. chips, he has five hundred chips. It's like yeah. you think I only deserve five hundred dollar chips? I, I, if the movie this movie has anything to say about race, the whole concept is like isn't being a different race weird? <laughs> yeah. Like, like that would be it. It's so weird it's that exactly, we're not all the same. It's exactly how you would expect a white man to explore other cultures. Yeah. <laughs> By saying reductive things about people and yeah. being like, just on, just on the surface observations that don't make any sense right. about anything. Yeah. <laughs> I would say for sure. Um, but that scene is good. That's the thing. It's fucking nonsense. It is fucking good. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. add up in my head. It's like this movie should not work for me because I think it's a worse movie probably than Rush Hour One. But I have so much fun with it. I don't know. I think it's definitely worse than Rush Hour One. Okay. Certainly. I haven't come to the decision yet, actually. Okay. Um, but we what we have is that Carter is making this um, making this fuss. And he's winning a lot of money from the casino. And Jackie is exploring where the um, where the plates are kept after Isabella lets him know, like, oh, like, they're, they're kept in this one place. Mm-hmm. And he goes upstairs, and he gets caught trying to steal the plates back or, or mm-hmm. like, investigate. And uh, Crazy Ass puts a bomb in his mouth and, awesome. like, yeah. so awesome. wraps like tape around his whole head so that there's like no way he can get it off so that like she like has the the trigger and she tells him that if she uh if she presses it she's gonna blow 32 teeth into his brain which is like an insane thing to say but like really really cool like like and it really like sets the stage for the rep like it's one thing to be like, oh, this girl's strapped to a bomb and we're all going to die. And, like, that is that is a kind of, like... Your head's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think, takes it up a notch. Yeah. Which I in, think in, is in how cool. small it is, it makes it more frightening. Right. Yeah. Because it would just be... If a bomb explodes, everyone just, just like, encapsulated flames. This is Jackie's head will pop. <laughs> yeah. It's also the fact that it's inside of you, I think, is yeah. disconcerting. Like, yeah. it's and your one tongue thing is like, touching it. You're just like licking yeah. it with your tongue. If like a bug is on you versus a bug is in you, like, yeah. so true. It's oof. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of torn oof. because oh, like Chris. I I think there's a way to develop her character more without her talking more sort of because I think like mm. she conveys a lot of stuff with just her facial. Oh yeah, Ricky Tan's alive. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ricky. <laughs> forgot about that. Whoops. Ricky Tan's alive. Oh yeah, I we forgot, forgot my, about my favorite. My favorite uh, Zhang Ziyi scene where she throws a knife at the apple. Yeah. In the limo, and I forgot what she says. But she well, calls uh, her a bitch. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she calls her. She's she's talking about um, in Chinese about um, wanting to like. Uh, Split her smile open or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, like the s- Joker. Yeah, I want to. S- yeah, <laughs> I want to slice those pretty lips off her face, bury her in the desert with those two cops. Yeah, and then she and... offers her some apple. 
Yeah. And and then she gives her the apple and she has a knife out and she's yeah. like, You better you better Good put that scene. away before you get stabbed or yeah. like before you hurt Bitch. yourself or something. And then and throws boom. it in the mouth. Which is very cool. And yeah. seems kind of dangerous to very throw dangerous. a knife like into an apple in somebody's face, but it wasn't a real throw. Yeah, you I don't know, think I, so? I think it was a cut. No, it was a cut. It's very obviously a cut. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice. Oh no! <laughs> that that would be the yeah, most dangerous stunt in any movie we've crazy. ever seen. She's Can you imagine an a, an actress that's just like, yeah, you could throw a knife in my face. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a moving car. It's fine. Yeah. Um. But back back to, uh, Tan's alive. Who cares at this point? I, I don't know. Yeah, why. I I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. The question yeah. is, how did he survive? They never explore that. I don't I'm know. Like, I'm more interested wearing a vest. in that. No, but he also fell off of a moving boat. Yeah, I mean, you can swim. You can what if swim. he got hit by the propellers? Well, then that would have been a production issue. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, that would have been the fault of a number of people. They would have had to write him out after that. <laughs> yeah, but so Ricky Tan dies, correct? Yeah. Uh, he dies. Yeah, they kick him. Wait. Does he fall to his death? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, he, he falls, falls, to falls into a taxi. Yeah, yeah. First, there's a fight between Carter and uh, who, Huli, uh, and yeah. they, she does cool sword work. This is, is this pre-Crashing Tiger? No, it's post Crashing Tiger. Two thousand one. I think it's post. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, she shows off her sword moves from that movie, and <laughs> then knocks herself out. Which <laughs> Which is whatever. Yeah, whatever. But uh, as this is happening, Jackie Chan is trying to get the bomb out of his mouth, trying to signal desperately yeah. to anybody, because yeah. the, the detonator is getting kicked all around. It's so similar to the first movie. Like, it, all the beats are there at yeah. the end of the first or here, with the main bad guy falling to his death, Carter fighting the underboss, mm -hmm. Jackie, like, in serious mortal danger. Yeah. He eventually gets the bomb out. He throws it some sort of fucking there's explosion no, happens. Yeah, there's no, like, overarching urgency, though, besides the Jackie's bomb in his mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's just that, the money. That, that's a cool ticking clock, legitimately, yeah. the bomb in his mouth. But then, um, much like in the first movie, they uh, jump... Do they... What do they fall on? Like, do they have, like, flags or something? They, or, like, yeah, poles? So, so what they do is they take their jackets. Oh, yeah. They, like, they slide off of, like, I guess what are they? They're like, they're the like paper hanging, lanterns. Yeah, they're hanging lanterns. So Wires. they like sl they like slide down, and then I think the explosion makes the wires rip. Yeah, yeah. and then they swing. But then they they somehow the jackets are still like stuck to the wires. I don't understand how that happens, but movie magic. They swing on a flag, and then they fall in or or oh, they're hanging over the highway. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and they're just like swinging there, and a truck, like an eighteen wheeler, starts honking, and they do that cool thing where Jackie kicks off of Chris Tucker, mm -hmm. and then they like oh, yeah. kick on the side of the 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 eighteen wheeler. Yeah, and Jackie's yeah. like running, and Chris is like tumbling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Scene. Yeah, it's fun. It is. It's cool. That's and a then... good scene. It reminds me of um, uh, what's the name of that? The Greatest Showman. I never uh, saw the, that. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't see it either. 
I'm busy uh, watching Scarface in 48 Hours, yeah, boy and, movies. And Rush Hour, all the Rush Hour movies five times in five days. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, when you got depression, it takes a weird way. <laughs> it takes a weird toll on you. Um, but yeah, then they land on each other like pancakes, just like in the first movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, dicks to dick. And then we get a scene of them in an airport again, right? That's yeah. our epilogue. Right. Where they decide. Isabella Jackie gets a kiss. kiss. Yeah. Jackie gets a kiss. That is one thing that you, we talked about a little bit, which is that Jackie Chan is sexualized in this movie. Right. He, mm-hmm. he, he actually has a huge hard dick for Isabella. <laughs> Some of it is pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty inappropriate. He's definitely sexualized. He gets the girl he in it. The, yeah. I'm kind of bo- like, they left that pretty un- unambiguous. Like, I don't know what that means. He just gets a kiss from Isabella and then they part. <laughs> well, it says in the third movie that they were dating. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah the third movie, I guess it's they, pretty they ridiculous what happens to her. No, it's... It's fucking worse than they break up. Uh, we'll talk about it when okay. it yeah. when it happens. Don't, it's don't spoil it. Right, it's won't. ridiculous. It's the dumbest thing in any of these movies. <laughs> um, the only part of Rush Hour Two that I remember from watching it as a kid is how Chris Tucker tells Jackie that he was smooth for not looking back after she kissed him. <laughs> I thought that was from a better movie that I was remembering that, but it wasn't. Uh, and then they decide that they're going to go to Madison Square Garden to see the Knicks play. Yeah. I guess the Jackie Chan's a big basketball fan. Sure. 2001 era Knicks. End of the... Some Allen Houston. I remember that. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson days. Knicks, Knicks were still pretty good. Michelle Sprewell. Yeah. Spree was still on the team. Yeah. So they're going to go to New York. I assume that means that they were playing going to New York for Rush Hour 3. They didn't yeah. end up doing that. Movie ends. We get bloopers. I don't really remember any of these bloopers. I remember the one where he hits himself sliding through the gate, which is like a crazy-ass stunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's the stunt where Jackie's trying to flip up the like the coffee table, and he like hits himself in the fucking neck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's actually hurt, and they're like, oh, you okay? And then people rush over. To- that was bad. Yeah. I was I remember I remember the, the, or the cell phone one, because... In the year 2000, cell phones weren't, like, an everything, everybody yeah. thing. Right. You still had to have some, like, clout to have them. I remember um, a, probably a few months before this movie came out, uh, I was at the mall with my, uh, like, the the Roosevelt Field Mall with my mom. Mm-hmm. And somebody, like, came up to somebody and was like, hey, give me your cell phone. Because, like, they were expensive. And the guy was like, no. And then he got shot for his cell phone, which is something that would like almost never happen now because like everybody's got a cell phone. Who cares? I mean, people get mugs for their iPhones all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, they're like thousand dollar pieces of hardware. But are you going to shoot somebody for an iPhone? Hmm. Me? Yes. (laughs) Personally? (laughs) I, Uh, I just like, so I remember seeing this movie and like thinking about the cell phone and being like, whoa, like. And it's a funny thing that, like, he's, like, on the movie set. I wonder if they, like, yeah. told him. The thing about the bloopers are sometimes I'm wondering if they're, like, saying, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you did this? I mean, a lot like, of them are just failed improvs, I'm sure. Yeah. But him not being he... able to say gefilte fish is crazy. <laughs> oh, I wanted to talk about this gefilte fish thing. Yeah. yeah. So this is obviously a joke. This is obviously, you think so? like... 
a joke by somebody who is on the writing team or the what producing team who's Jewish because gefilte fish would never be the kosher meal because gefilte fish is nasty and so smelly everybody yeah, knows that it's no one if you but were like, getting a kosher meal it's a hundred percent something carter would think represents oh if he thinks samurai swords are in china yeah. he would think that like you get gefilte fish on an airplane right. you think he knows what gefilte fish is Probably. Mm. The same thing he, he knows did, what, like, Mushu is. He didn't know what Chinese food was in the first movie, <laughs> to yeah. be fair. Which is weird, because he knows Kung Fu Kenny previously. <laughs> yeah, interesting. He's an idiot. <laughs> he's very he's a, dumb. He's a very dumb guy who has, like, become a... Det- like, most cops, like I said, you're fucking dumb. Yeah. Go yeah. to read a book. Get, a, read, get an d- economics of, degree. Read 10th of December by George idiot. Saunders. It's fucking good, you idiot. Stop shooting people. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's really bad. That's mostly my issue with you. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the filter fish thing is super odd, Jordan. <laughs> you, think it's a, you think it's a bit that someone played on him? I think it's a bit that somebody was playing as like, a, like oh, this is, this is a secret... It's like, uh, this is what a is secret. that, um... I know what gefilte fish is. What's that lady who who would always, like, wink at her kids on, like, she had to... Nancy Burnett or something like that? Carol Burnett? She would, I like, know, wink man. at her kids at, like, on, on her night show. And, like, everybody, like, they would know that she Where was, are you like, go? Where are you going with this, Jordan? So this is, like, a it's Jewish like... wink. This oh, is, like, okay. a nod. It's, like, a, a Jewish producer giving, like, a... Hey, all my all my Jews out Just there. Like this is this one's for you. Maybe I, I mean, can see if it's in the, the script. He did the same thing with Chelsea Clinton in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, it's that same exact bit. But somebody chose to put gefilte fish on the plate as a kosher meal. Sure, that's my point. Somebody decided gefilte fish was the kosher meal. Wait, was it actually what was on the plate, or was it something? Yeah, he was that for? that oh, was okay. gefilte fish. I could tell. I've seen I've seen my fair share of Do you that. like gefilte fish? I assume you don't eat it anymore cuz of your vegetarian. I, I don't eat it anymore and I used to like it when I could eat it even though yep. it's nasty. I love it. It's my favorite it's like my favorite Jewish thing. <laughs> it's it's nasty carp and other mixed fish guts Ugh. all put I can, together. I could probably eat it on keto now that I think about it. I should Pro- think about it. It's just <laughs> Look a into bunch that. of fish stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's that's Rush Hour too. Uh, it was this is a fucking long one, yeah. boys. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, there's a fly in here. It's probably get picked up by my mic. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie. I think it's fun. I think the action is definitely better in it, so it's a better Jackie Chan movie. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent not as important to watch this movie to the Jackie Canon. Yeah. The Channon. Why have we? Why did it take us thirty-two episodes to come up with the term the Channon? Oh, God damn it! Um, it's definitely not necessary for the Channon. Chris Tucker's super funny in it. I think he's yeah. funnier in the third movie and the first movie. Yeah. Um, movie. Yeah, first movie he's hysterical. Second movie he's fine. Uh, the plot is incoherent, like a lot of Chan movies are. It's very clearly a cash in, and it did very well. Yeah, it succeeded. But it action is good stunts are fun it's funny never really invest in the characters i'm gonna give this a respectable 375 okay. i guess definitely worse than the first movie now that i think about it but when the when the action is happening 
it is more an example of who Jackie Chan is as a performer. And he's got way more character in this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they let him, like, let loose a little bit more in this movie. Um, yeah. Because he, he'd also had more experience in American film by this point, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think, like, overall, a lot of it felt... I don't know. To me, it felt phoned in from a directorial point of view. And mm-hmm. um, the plot was super convoluted. Uh, I like the first one uh, more by like a pretty significant margin, I think. I'd, I'd much rather rewatch the first one than this one. Um, yeah, I think my score is probably going to be a 3.5 for Rush Hour 2. Okay. Um, That's and- fair. That is fair, and I uh, I also kind of agree that I like this movie a lot less than I like the original. Um, I think in pretty much in almost every way, this movie is just like not matching up to the first one. Uh, it obviously looks better. It looks more uh, like they spent more money on it. I think that the, the plot line is a little bit cleaner um, as far as the arc goes, but at the same time, the I like the characters a lot less. Um, I'm less interested in kind of the the Ricky I, Tan I, thing. I I will say that I think Jackie. I do like Jackie Chan more in this than in the first one because he yes. has more to do. I agree. I agree with that. Um, but I think by and large, Jackie Chan gets better, and pretty much everything else gets worse. Yeah. Agree. Um, agree completely. Yeah. Totally. So I'm I'm certainly I actually I'm gonna agree with your score, Matt, of a three point seven five. Handholding club. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Sonny gave it a three point five. Oh right, that's yeah. true. Well, uh, I am excited for the third one because I think the third one's the one I remember the least, um, and I pretty much have no idea what that movie is about. The third one has, I told it about it in our thread earlier. It's two lines that I think are fucking hysterical okay. that are All like. Right genius lines i wonder if I'll, if I'll recognize them i hope you do like I, i'm gonna say that because of these two lines this movie gets no less than a 2.5 oh, even like boy, okay. even if it's bad like not even 2.5 is the floor because it made me laugh so hard yeah i i think that i um i think going into this movie i thought the third movie was the movie i remember the least yeah and i think the more i watched this movie i realized yeah you met you mentioned is, that yeah, this is the movie I remember the least. Uh, so I'm excited for that one, too. And uh, I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Literally. And there's no bombs in that one because 9-11 happened. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, plus, uh, he ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. No, so that's great. That's great. <laughs> um, okay, uh, this is uh, the third episode of Rush Hour Month. Rush we hour hope you're month. enjoying it. Yeah, yeah RHM. Uh, follow us. Uh, just like do do your thing. You're you're yeah, listening. You know, you we know get it. You're finding us very slowly. It's cool. I get it. I'm listening. There's a million podcasts I want to listen to. And then I just binge one, and then I completely forget about the others. It's cool. Yeah. I assume we're gonna have ninety thousand views by the end. Clicks by the end of the day. Put us on when <laughs> you're driving. Or Put us on when you're driving. Or sleeping. See if your girlfriends like our podcast. Ours don't. <laughs> maybe it's a good podcast for girlfriends. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's bad for your boyfriend. Your boyfriend won't like yeah. it. He likes good podcasts like Invisibilia. Um, <laughs> 99% invisible. What are those about? Are those the same thing? I think they're all just like general storytelling. Oh, fuck. 
So no, ninety nine percent indivisible is interesting. It's about like the, the um, like small design choices that we don't notice in everyday life. Okay, that's cool. I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I listened that's to that for a little bit when I was working a job where I could listen to a podcast while working, and it was yeah. good. But then I stopped. Roman Mars. Okay. Um. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> bye. Music. Music. Fat, 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 fat,